What's up, everybody? This is Majet from Diva Girl Tribe, and you're listening to the Diva Girl Radio Podcast, the show that connects, supports, educates, and empowers people who want fun, unique, and diverse experiences in their lives and businesses. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. You could have been somewhere else doing something else, but you decided to be here. Tune in. So for that, I'm truly grateful. So today, I'm super duper excited to welcome our fabulous guest. And her name is Kat Bright. She is an inspiring and empowering figure in the fitness industry. She is the founder of Cat Fit, an award-winning business dedicated to helping women gain strength through motherhood and redefine their relationship with their bodies. Kat is a postpartum PTSD warrior, having experienced a highly complex C-section with her second son and fought her way back to a fulfilled life of health and fitness. Kat has a master's in education and coaching principles and sports psychology from Boston University and is certified in NASM personal training, women's fitness, and behavioral change. She is certified in precision nutrition level one coaching, pre and postnatal coaching, and postpartum corrective exercise specialist. In addition, Kat is a USA track and field level two combined events coach, a level two jumps coach, and a level one coach. Whoa! Pat is a former track and field athlete, beginning as a child athlete and culminating in college when she won multiple All-American titles in the high jump and four by 400 meter relay. She has also been a college track and field and strength and conditioning coach. Through her recovery from postpartum PTSD, Pat has run eight half marathons, <laughs> eight marathons and six ultra marathons dang girl all right pat i don't know if you can tell it yet but she's a determined and passionate leader right she's super committed to helping women of all backgrounds and ages realize their worth and reach their goals with her experience and knowledge she's dedicated to guiding them in their journey to becoming the best versions of themselves i love that when cat is in training she spends time with her husband Two boys, ages 11 and 8, and her energetic German short-haired pointer hiking and cheering the boys in their respective sports. Kat, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. You have, you're very active. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You don't realize eventually you're going to run back to to yourself. You're like, wow, I do some things. (laughs) Oh. You do a lot yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, do you ever get tired? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And that's the one thing I will say that is not there is I a massive priority is rest and rejuvenation. Like that is up there in the top three. So with all of that activeness just said, oh my gosh, I guard my sleep and unplug time like it's gold. Like it is super, super precious. So I love that. No, thank you very much for clarifying that and adding that in, right? It's like reminding reminding women that you know it's okay to rest, do nothing, and sleep. Oh, hundred percent. Right? And it is, it's one of those I will say, I, I was gonna say the body will stop you if you push it too far. 
And it is really hard to find that line. And I will say I've not perfected it, but I'm getting better because I am someone who's just go, 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 go. But the value of rest is just, I don't know, I've started to really treasure that. Like it is massive. It's just as equally important as moving your body, in my opinion. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I think rest and staying still is like what you said, right? I love the way you put it. It's like, it's just as important as moving your body, right? Um, and our society did a really good job at convincing us that we need to do, 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 and produce, produce, mm -hmm. produce, and move, move, move. But the importance of rest is truly important. Um, so thank you for, for, for reminding us that, you know, that is part of your life and that needs to be a part of every woman's life or everyone's life, right? To be able to pause and rest. Right. So um, as I was reading your bio, right, like um, you had this really traumatic experience with childbirth. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, and it, it and then you were diagnosed with um, post postpartum PTSD. And, uh, you know, I never really I don't think I've ever met anyone who has that diagnosis. However, you know, we hear a lot of, you know, like getting pregnant and having a baby. Um, nobody shares their story of like the traumatic experience of childbirth. Childbirth is traumatic, right? Oh, yes. So, so is it okay if you share with us that experience that you have gone through? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, it's one that I've grown to, and this may sound weird, I've grown to enjoy sharing it for that reason where, it is not highlighted on. And also from the premise of my own experience, when I was going through it, I didn't think I was that bad. I thought I was fine. I didn't think that, um, it wasn't that I had a problem. I just didn't think it was that bad that I needed help. And now, you know, so many years removed from it, I look back on that and I was like, my goodness. I don't know why people allowed me to, like, I would say, like, my kids were safe, I was safe, but in that time of that emotional storm and just processing everything, there were times where I was truly not okay and probably shouldn't be caring for an infant and a toddler. Um, you know, again, I cannot press upon, they were safe, you know, my husband, like, all of that, but it, it's one of those things with mental health where we never think we're as bad as it is because I'm going to say that societal pressure of, oh, we don't have it that bad. It's okay. I'm going to say someone else has it worse. So mm -hmm. we downplay it. Or in my case, I was getting the messages of you're healthy. He's healthy. You're here. You survived. It couldn't have been that bad. Yeah. So it became internalized and part of my own internal dialogue telling myself when I was having flashbacks and nightmares and panic attacks and just crippled by this anxiety and couldn't move past. Like the best way I can describe it was I was trapped mentally in that operating room. And I can't say when exactly that part happened, but I just remember kind of like this reoccurring nightmare of me trying to push open the, um, operating room doors just to get free but I was just there in that like storm so like that's the best way I can describe what was going on in my head 
And certain triggers would just bring back a flood of those memories and being in that space, in that room. Wow. Um, and it's like, um, like, when did you realize that, okay, I need, I need to talk to someone about this. I need to reach out for help. Like, when did you reach out for help? I realized when I was kind of had that, like, I don't want to say, it was like an aha moment or just like that, that bubble that pops that you're like, oh, you know, um, when I was standing in my husband's office, and I don't even remember what I was saying. And he just kind of put his hands on my shoulder and he's like, Kat, I don't know if I can help you, but you really need help. And I think what was happening at the point, and you know, I've talked to him about this numerous times, um, I was stuck just repeating the events. Like I was stuck in a, just a um, continuous loop of the events. And I remember looking in the, at his face and seeing this emotional distraughtness of he couldn't help me. And the times that I've seen that before was actually in labor with my older son, where, you know, intense contractions, he's like, I want to help, but I can't. So he just felt I could see this utter helplessness on his face. And that's when I, it, it kind of brought me to a little bit more of like, I need help. This isn't, I, I can't work my way out of this. This is something that I need help with. Um, and that was about, oh my gosh, it was about like 10 weeks, 10, almost 12 weeks after my son was born. Um, and so I reached out to my OB who was phenomenal OB for everything. And she connected me with my therapist who specialized in um, prenatal and postpartum um, trauma and, um, mental health. And that's where I'm going to say kind of like all these glass walls are being shattered where I was seeing like the magnitude of everything that I went through and starting to process. So I will say like things got a lot worse because you were confronting it before it got better. Yeah. And that was really tough and scary. And I was grateful to have the support of my husband. The other thing that culminated at the time, um, uh, right, it was like right around like that day that we had that, like I had that realization was I had gone out for a run, um, just trying to get back into it. Moving my body has always been a place of peace or freedom, um, place of renewal rejuvenation it just gets back to me it's the source of my creativity and everything and so I was out running and somehow I was on the ground on the sidewalk I don't know if I tripped or what I can't tell you because every time I ran it was like processing everything from the birth oh. the pregnancy because the pregnancy was also very high risk as well so I was on bed rest from the get-go in and out of labor delivery. There was a lot of trauma, a lot of, you know, my son should have never even made it here. There was um, less than a 50% chance I was to survive the, the delivery, so was my son. So there was like a lot of things playing into it. So I remember being on the sidewalk and I, like to this day, I know the smells, everything. It's like a core memory and 
I just remember feeling just the weight of the world and being like, I'm just going to lay down here. I'm done. I can't move on. But this little voice inside was like, no, you're worth it. You're worth it. And it's that little voice that we often ignore and that little voice that kind of pulls on your gut. And I just remember being like, no, I can't. And just kind of like, you know, the best way I can describe it is like that boxer who's like in the corner of the ring and it's just like, can I go out for another round? And I was just like there, I was like, I can't do this. I'm just so done. I just am done. And I stood up because that voice got louder and I was just like, all right, I am worth it. And that was part of something that I had just re-believe it, that I am worth it, that with the whole pregnancy, I had developed a complete mistrust with my body, something that I had never had before. Being a former college athlete, if I needed my body to do something, I could call upon it and it would produce. If it didn't produce, there, there was a distinct reason why. Maybe training wasn't there. Maybe I was a little ill going into it. There was a distinct reason. But this, yes, going through the birth and recovery, I'd done that before. But the more prevailing thing was there was a a major disconnect in trusting my body. Um, Yes, I was healing. There were those physicalities of healing from a traumatic um, C-section. But it was this core disconnection, mistrust with my body that I never had there. So I had to be able to um, rediscover and probably for the first time understand what it's like to live in a body that you don't trust to move. You don't trust to put it in a challenging situation and for it to, so to speak, catch you. So, you know, simply just running, picking up weights. You know, I felt very weak and insecure in my body on on such a core level. And so that understanding of what it means to be worth it and to prioritize my well-being became just a whole other level of understanding through um, recovering from postpartum PTSD through understanding of where I stopped living in my body and um, feeling hopeless in it, um, where I didn't feel secure and how to gain that back um, and how to move forward with that. Yeah. Wow. Um, No, I appreciate you sharing that, right? Sharing the story. Um, And, 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 you know, like... um, I'm listening to you and uh, you know you mentioned this too um being being an athlete right like all your life you were an athlete and you were able to control right like you have control of your body you need to do something you do it and if you don't achieve what you wanted to achieve you practice more you train more like you're you're able to know like what to do right with your body to be able to achieve something um to achieve your goal and then here comes this event that happened in your life where and you lost total control Right. And, 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 you know, and that, you know, trauma is that felt experience. Right? It, it's not necessarily that event that happened. Right. But it's like the felt experience of that person who went through that. Right. And not being able to process that. Right. Because 
you know, like you weren't able to process it right away because of that shame, right? Around like um, moms are supposed to know everything. Moms are supposed to be able to handle everything. Women are very strong, very, all true, however, right? We need, we do need help and we do need to pause sometimes and, 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 and stay still and reach out for help and, and process, you know, the events that happen in life, especially childbirth, right? Like, uh, and it's like, um, and I'm listening to you, like how many women out there who suffered, right? Like, um, and suffered alone, Right. So, and then, you know, never felt safe enough to be able to, you know, process the trauma of childbirth. Um, there are a lot of people out there who have the support, like you have the support of your husband, right? You have, you have family who support you through this experience. However, there was this, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's still a unique event, right? Like that, 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 that C-section, you know, and that, um, um, you know, the, the, the hard pregnancy part, like what I'm hearing. Um, and it's like, uh, you know, like you don't need to go through it alone. Like you do need people who can make you feel safe and secure and support you. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I'm glad that you were able to, you know, like um, reach out um, to your, to your therapist and you're able to process that particular event in your life. And so that you can, um, you can gain back trust in your body. Um, your life was at stake at that moment. And, and when you were telling the story about like in the operating room and like, you know, like it sounded like an out-of-body experience and, and, and just, just, you know, um, seeing that, right? After all, after it all happened, um, being able, like not being able, but like um, um, having flashbacks of it, right? Um, and... Uh, and, you know, and I'm glad that you're able to, you know, get through that and see you here now. Like that's part of your resilience, right? Like you're here now. And then now it sounded like, you know, like um, that's one of the reasons why you're so dedicated in helping women, right? And it, it's in your bio about, you know, the, the pre and postnatal coaching and uh, postpartum corrective exercise part of who you are, right? Um, and, and, you know, and, and thank you. That makes a lot of sense now after you sharing your story and your story is so powerful. And, uh, you know, like Kat, I don't hear a lot of women, you know, maybe I haven't had the opportunity to hear, you know, a lot of women talk about their, you know, experience of childbirth, especially traumatic ones. Um, and to be honest, I was thinking of my cousin who had a traumatic childbirth and she never, she, she didn't really tell her family about it. And they were, she was far away. She was in Hawaii. Right. And she was, you know, and she had to go through that alone without us and having her baby separate from, you know, taken from her because the baby had to be taken to Oahu where there it's a better facility, right. Um, who can handle that kind of emergency and that's trauma. Right. And as I was hearing you tell that story, I, you know, I was thinking about my cousin too. And then, you know, and then all the other women who have had traumatic story, aside from the actual childbirth, right? Like, like stories like yours, right? Yeah, it is very, it is very eye-opening and it is a massive driving force behind what I do. And it is something that I really establish with my clients is 
TMI does not exist in our relationship. Mm -hmm. You have authority over your body. You have authority over your story. Your story is your story and it all matters and it all plays into it. And it doesn't, and I strongly urge them, don't compare your story to somebody else's. Don't invalidate what you went through just because somebody else maybe went through a similar thing and um, I don't want to say fared better, but they just had a different outcome. They, they, there was a difference Um, because every person is so unique and no two people have the same 24 hours, the same lifestyle. There are similarities, but every person is different. And that is in all honesty, the beauty of it. Like it's, it's, okay to not be okay it's okay to not make progress it's okay to make slow fast or anything else progress and we need to really find the comfortableness of meeting ourselves on the level that we're at and you know steering away from that I should be here Uh no it's okay there is no like gold star for getting through something this way. And, you know, I I strongly encourage clients and I don't push or pry if they're comfortable with it. I tell them, you know, and I've worked with a lot of clients who've gone through infertility, um, miscarriages, um, traumatic birth. Um, I'm going to say textbooks, textbook birth that, are traumatic to them and 100% validated in being traumatic because as we've stated multiple times, birth is traumatic. Pregnancy is traumatic. I don't care if it is textbooked or not. It is traumatic and that is okay. And we need to own our stories. And even I tell clients, repeat your story. If this is a space that it helps you process, you know, and I, do refer out to therapists with clients um, because I'm not a therapist, but I am happy to provide a safe space where they can help process. And when we move our bodies, sometimes that also helps us process emotions and trauma. And, you know, I'm fine with that. And, you know, I just want them to know that I get it. it. You know, and I have some clients are like, I don't know why I share that, but it was just on my mind. I said, that's great. You needed to share it. You shared it. That's awesome. You know, you know, if you want, you know, I don't offer feedback like this is what you should do, but if you want like help with that, I can refer you to someone in my network, you know? So it's just a great space that it's beyond just gaining strength. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's just providing that entity. And when I was going through it, even with my my older son, just that postpartum, it was eye-opening to me, the lack of resources. It's slightly getting better, but speaking about the fitness industry, it's become a monetization and a flashy fun aspect. And it frustrates me because not everything out there is what it seems and it's become very vogue to be like oh I work with moms and I can help you here and I'm like oh 
<laughs> I cringe sometimes, you know, because I'm like, stop picking apart mom. I know. Our bodies are not meant to be dismembered and our bodies aren't meant to be fixed and our bodies aren't broken. We go through things in our lives. Our bodies are strong and our workouts need to complement and bring strength and resilience to that season of life that we're in. And that is what fitness is because it's not, yes, I will say if you want to like do a body composition, you know, change of losing pounds or gaining pounds, changing um, your, the composition from more strength, you know, and, and all of that, that is all warranted, but really we want to make sure that program complements your lifestyle, that you can be the mom without being so fatigued from your workout. You can get that rest that you need if you were up all night. I mean, I always tell my clients, I'm like, just because my child, my youngest is almost nine, there are times where he still will wake up in the middle of the night. Motherhood is always filled with um, interrupted sleep. So how do we, you know, build in boundaries for ourselves. Um, and that's why I love working with my clients in ranges because I can't always be there hundred percent with them, but teaching them that they always have a choice and they are in control of their health, their body, their fitness with me as they're helping them guide them is that they can be, you know, feel trusted in their program provides the autonomy and authority that they need back on themselves where oftentimes I feel it's taken away. You know, the message is taken away from us, from the fitness industry. Like, Oh, your mommy tummy needs fixed your, you know, and flabby arms. The one I heard the other day, I was like, what now? What was it? I can't even remember it. Like I hear these things and I'm like, get it out of my brain. I can't, I can't deal with these. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's just these like naming and picking apart where we're dissected and our autonomy over and authority of our own bodies is being taken away. And it's like, no, I'm a firm believer. Each person is the authority and has their own autonomy on their bodies. And if something doesn't feel good in a workout, we take it out. We adjust. I work with clients because you know, even with myself, if something doesn't feel good, I have the know-how and I'll change it. If I show up in a workout one day and I'm like, you know, I know I can, but should I? The answer is probably no. And I need to scale back and change. And that's where I operate in a lot of like adaptations. And that's where I love the word resilience because it is developing that resilience with your fitness, with your nutrition, with yourself and your wellness, because it's not to complete the plan perfectly. It's to complete the plan consistently, constantly meeting yourself where you're at on that day. And that is really, really hard. And I say it is so not flashy and fun for social media that it's hard to communicate that <laughs> so yeah but it's so there's so much love and kindness 
in the way you're expressing or sharing um, how you work with clients, right? And I think, you know, moms do need to have more spaces like that. Um, it sounded like, you know, the, the space that you provide, uh, you know, it's, it's safe, definitely safe, but it's a space where in, you know, your clients do feel, the moms, right, do feel that they are seen, right? They're heard, right? Um, and and they're, they're validated, right? Like, like what you and you were talking about, um, you know, like, should I do this? And then, you know, maybe it's a no, and that's okay. I'll listen to that. Well, then that's adjust, right? Like, it's like that, you know, that part when someone makes you feel seen and heard, right? You make them feel, seen. okay, I hear you. Let's adjust to that, right? Let's make this, you know, not perfect, but consistent. I love that part too. And this is what makes you resilient. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh my God. I, you know, like uh, this needs to be more out there, this messaging, this, you know, this care and love instead of punishment because you have flabby arms or like stretch marks or like that belly that needs to be gone in like three weeks like holy moly I just had a baby holy fuckaroo no like that's yeah. bullshit right oh my gosh yeah I just you know that stuff it, it torments your mind and you know there's no there's no due date for getting back. There's no snapback. There's no, like, I just, all the terminology, it just makes my head like <laughs> spin and just get so frustrated. And I remember, um, especially with my first one, because I wasn't in the business, I was in a different type of business, but still, you know, in fitness, I was a college track and field coach. But I just remember, you know, a lot of the stuff being touted to me, you know, both by male and female counterparts and colleagues of like, oh, you have the baby, when can you snap back? And or like, you know, do you think you'll be back in racing like weight and this and that, you know, <clears throat> when you get, you know, after 12 weeks. And I was just like, you know, I, I didn't know I was ignorant. It was first pregnancy. I didn't know anything about it. And um, two totally different pregnancies. And, you know, it was one of those things where. I, the disconnect that you feel from your body going through pregnancy is there and you just feel, I'm going to say weird, like you're a stranger living in your body and that postpartum, especially in those first 16 weeks postpartum, where it's just like so much is happening. You're so sleep deprived. You know, your midsection is this ambiguous, ambiguous, like soft spot that you're like, I, I know it's there, but it does not feel connected to me. Um, and it, then being peppered with these messages of you're returning to we, to work, maybe at eight weeks, 12 weeks, you have to feed your baby. Um, you have to be hundred percent at work, hundred percent at home. And, Oh, don't forget about going to the gym for about like six to eight hours a week on no sleep and trying to like, oh my goodness, no, just stop. <laughs> like, stop. Oh my God, it's horrible, right? Oh my yeah. God, and I went through all that shit. I was like, you know, like, because no one's talking about this part, right? Everybody's talking about like, everyone else have done it, like three months of, um, um, uh, what do you call that, that, um, that leave of absence yeah. from work, right? then you have to come back. And then, you know, when you come back, you need to be present at work. You need to be, you know, like pumping and then giving milk to your kids. You need to be breastfeeding too. God forbid you don't breastfeed. Oh. That's like shame too, right? It's like, and, and it's like, uh, I'm all for breastfeeding. I did too, but then there was a point that I had to go to work and I couldn't produce anymore, right? Because if what 
the society, what our world, right? Not, it's not just in America, right? Um, and it's like um, the pressure of like, and then, you know, I, I was telling you the story earlier and then I'm like, I need to get back into shape. So I signed up for like Broad Street Run. And that first year that I had my baby, I was like training for Broad Street Run. Like it was just so dysregulation of my nervous yeah. system, right? Yeah. And it's like that snap, what, what was that term that you said? Snap back? Snap back, yeah. Yeah, like, holy crap. No, mommies need to like rest, feel loved so that they can give all the love for the child because that child is good if if that child grew up in a very loving loving space then it will produce a very loving kind beautiful human being right and if mommies are you know they if mommy's nervous system is so dysregulated it will you know it will it, the child will be dysregulated as well right 100%, and, yeah so. yeah and and that's where you know, people are always shocked with my prenatal or postpartum and prenatal programs, but postpartum programs is I warn clients when they start working with me, you know, that you're going to do workouts, but they're not going to look like workouts to you. We're, you know, what I'm doing is giving the body what it needs. And if we don't do this foundational work, and it's not, and I don't want this to come off as a thread, but just really kind of I say it differently. But when you see women just jumping right back in as to how they did the boot camps, the like, you know, great programs. I'm not, you know, right. a lot of great programs, but it's missing core fundamentals that they wind up sidelined or having injuries and it's worn with a badge of honor of like, oh yeah, you know, this is happening or, you know, common symptoms of like leaking and pelvic floor issues and these things that can be avoided if we just slow down. And that's where I really re, uh, reiterate, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And I walk them through, you know, from carrying the baby, the bucket seat, all this, just because you can, you know, do this doesn't mean you should. This is a time where you need to start giving back to your body because if you don't, no one else will. And that was one that I really, really understood going through the second time with um, the second time around, Um, not as a byproduct of, you know, the high risk um, or the um, complicated C-section, But once it was really in that 12 week marker, when I realized if I'm going to be whole, I need to allow for more people to help me Uh, so I can work on myself. Yes. And I am a very stubborn individual. I am a person who will figure it out and not ask for help. My husband knows that about me. Uh-huh. He, he knew that before he married me. He's like, if your mind's made up, I know it's it's going to happen. And uh-huh. it's not like, get out of my way because I'm a wrecking ball, but like, I will figure it out. But it was one where I had to understand that, you know, really, and understand at the core of my being that just because I can doesn't mean I should, does not mean I'm weak and incapable. It mm-hmm. actually means I'm strong and resilient and so capable that I'm giving back to myself, which is so hard in a highly pressurized time period 
where, you know, the expectation, as I said before, is to be 100% mom, 100% to yourself and 100% to whatever career or other, you know, things that are in your life that it's like, you know, what often happens is we're 0% to ourselves and left exhausted. And yeah, it's give back to yourself. And that's where I look at is my role is to help be that reminder through movement of body so that they find that relief. They feel good because even if you're in a really supportive home life, you may not be fully asking for what you need, or you may not have the vocabulary to ask. And that is okay. You know, it has nothing to do with, you know, education. You just don't know what you don't know. And this isn't taught from your OB. This isn't taught in other classes. And, you know, that's where if I can help provide and make someone's day a little easier or also be like, Hey, you know, this movement we do in the gym, here's where you're going to see it here. So this is why we do this here so that this gets stronger. And if you never, ever make it to your formal workout, you're still doing the reps every day here. And this is how we can draw and become more aware of posture and this and strengthen because after all your workouts are like two to 4% of your day. And like maybe 1% of your week. So where is our best, you know, return on our investment to ourselves is gaining awareness through our movements in everyday life. And, you know, when you connect what you're doing and those movements to your everyday life, it's like, oh, that's why I work out. It's so I'm stronger here. It's so I feel less aches and pains at the end of my day. It's so in 10 years from now, I'm still able to do this. You know, things you know, I'm not expecting every client to think about every second of their day, but gaining that awareness, stripping it away from you're just pounds and fat and muscle, and we need to restrict and do and confine. And how dare you did you? How dare you lived? You know? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, exercise is something that is you know helps our mental health too. It it brings in the good hormones flowing into our body, and um. And, you know, like, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm so happy that we're having this conversation today because you will be speaking at the Diva Girl Wellness Conference, right? And I'm so happy and grateful that you said yes to it um, because especially after we spoke today, right, with this podcast, because you go beyond just the fitness part. It goes way beyond that and how you're reminding, you know, women um, that their bodies are not broken, mm-hmm. right? And they yeah. can discover their their resilience, their strength, um, you know. And so, um, we're gonna see you at the conference. And the conference is, you know, is where we highlight topics like this, right? Taboo topics about like postpartum, menopause, hormones, you know. Um, and and this is a topic that is very important, right? Like after you give birth and what happens and how you take care of your body right um and uh, it's more than that and you know the title of your conference topic is your body isn't broken discover your inner resilience strength um tell us what would women get out of this talk what takeaways would they get like tell us a little bit more yeah absolutely so um really starting to gain awareness 
of your internal um, drive of your own relationship with your body and kind of doing a bit more of an inspection of where you at or where are you at so you're meeting yourself on your level so you know it's going to be a diverse group which is brilliant so you know people in all stages of life all seasons of life and to provide them with the understanding of you don't need to fix your body let's get in tune with where you're at how are you feeling in your body where do you want to go what feels good to you so I know I'm kind of speaking abstract here, but um, no, no, it's, it's landing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gaining the understanding that fitness isn't just about pounds gained, lost inches gained and lost. It's about the understanding that you'll go through seasons and how can we adapt and adjust Mm -hmm. and find peace and continue that resilience with ourselves. Um, And starting to kind of lay that groundwork on tuning out what doesn't apply or what breaks you down or strips you of that autonomy and makes you feel helpless in your body. Um, Because I do feel that is a huge part of it. I myself being in the industry will go down a rabbit hole and then all of a sudden I'll question everything that I'm doing in my own workouts, everything that you know, which is really tough. Like we don't want that. So it, the outcome of the talk will be to provide a foundation of understanding of where you're at, where you can go and really that you are so worth it. And no time is lost, no matter if you are, whatever decade you're in, in your life, there is always, there's always room for progress. You can always gain the strength that you want. There are always answers, even if I don't have them, because I don't have all the answers. I will not claim to have all the answers, but there are places that, you know, you can find the answers and I'm happy to help connect. And I really want the talk and whoever comes to it to be able to feel a sense of ease and, more of a sense of authority over their body and validation of where they're at in their life, you know, and in their wellness journey. Yeah, I love it. I think it is really important for more women to be able to hear people talk talk about this topic, right? About what your, the message that you're putting out there, right? Like um, there's, there's seasons of our bodies and it's okay to be able to adapt and you will find ways to adapt to that. Um, and, you know, and, and keep that, you know, your inner resilience, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and find the strength in what you have. And there's no shame, right? There's no, you know, no, none of that. It's more like, yeah, this is your body. Let's find ways to, you know, and let's find the, your inner strength, your inner resilience in that right? Um, in whatever age or season you're in, in your life. I love it. I love it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's, that's why like all my programs are surrounded and titled inner resilience and resilience yeah. because it is massive. And yeah. the biggest thing that 
I will say is what was taught to me was I am worth it. And I want every person to understand they are 100% worth those big, massive, audacious goals. Even if it's that to you, but it appears to be nothing to someone else, then you should have that support and you are so worth it to achieve those. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kat. Um, Before I let you go, I mean, I can talk to you for hours, but... um, but I, I, you know, I want to go into the part of our podcast where in I, we do the rapid fire questions. Is that okay? Sounds good. <laughs> and this is the part where I ask you a question, you have to share the first thing that comes to your mind. Short okay. answers, one word answer, or one sentence answers. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, cool. Who is a famous person you would like to meet dead or alive and why? Oh gosh, like a million people just came to my mind. <laughs> Um, that was really, this is not a good one to start on. Um, oh my gosh, he just truly stole me. Um, like, who do I pick? You know, I think Helen Keller. Ah. Yeah. Why? Because she... Everything, I mean, like, her story is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I would love mm. to talk to her about her perseverance and drive of connecting with others. Mm. I mean, someone who literally, I mean, saw no boundaries, but had major physical um, yeah. challenges and yeah. didn't just persevere. Like, yeah. And, and develop such incredible connections with people. Like, yep. I just, I would love to pick her brain. You gave me goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, you're right. She is an incredible woman who, you know, like um, a very interesting woman. And how, right? How she, was she able to get through that type of adversity and those challenges um, and, and, and still connect, right? Yeah. With, with a lot of people. I, I think, um, that's, a, that's an amazing person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good choice. All right, next. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. If you can have any job in the world, aside from what you do right now, what would, what would it be? <laughs> uh, I think, and it's gonna sound weird. I would say, it's gonna sound abstract. A motivational hiker, walker, runner. We just go out and we're in nature, and you just yeah. I take the time of appreciating and gratitude. It's it's maybe it's a thing. I don't know. Maybe that's my retirement plan. Yeah, it's like. um, No, let's come up for me. It's like um, a ranger, like a forest ranger, right? But. But then you you give motivational speeches like you know while you're hiking and hyping them up and like yeah yeah I love it, I love it. okay <laughs> all right last question you ready yeah Here we go. um what do you love to be complimented on I think it's really like my the compliments that are really near and dear to my heart is when people tell me that 
I inspired them or they could continue achieving their goals because of how I interacted with them, whether it be, you know, face-to-face or even through social media. Um, I love that. To me, I love inspiring people. I love pushing people, you know, and just really sharing that, like I said, numerous times, they're worth it. And, you know, your goals are so worth it and you're capable of that. And so that is just the biggest compliment to me is when someone tells me that, that they didn't quit because they knew I was out there working or they drew um, inspiration from me. I love that. I'm like, good. Okay. Awesome. Because on the flip side, I draw so much inspiration from my clients that it's amazing. So like, it's just a give and take and it's awesome. I love it. Well, Kat, thank you so much for your time today. And we always have our podcast guests say the last words. So what will be your short loving message to our listeners today before we say goodbye? Yeah. Um, never quit because you're totally worth it. And there's always a way to get where you want to go. And with that, we say goodbye. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you at our upcoming events. Go to divagirltribe.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DivaGirlTribe. Become a member and join our DivaGirl411 Facebook group.